All right, so just a quick disclaimer here. Um, this episode could be a little echoey. This intro could be a little echoey. I'm, I'm working on uh, my office studio getting a little more sound absorbent. So uh, if it's a little rough, I apologize for that, but it, it shouldn't be so bad. Um, but um, if you're listening to Have a Good Night Court, you have heard that Harry Anderson passed away. And uh, like Marky Post said on Twitter, it's devastating. It's really sad. He was really young, uh, and he was such a brilliant comic. And I know sometimes we lampoon him on the pod, but of course, uh, if you listen, you see we always go back and um, and and show our reverence and love for Harry Anderson, who was a true genius, and um, was a true true genius on a truly genius sitcom. How many times can I say sitcom? So, Mr. Harry Anderson, we love you. There's nothing you can do about it, and we want you to have a good night, Court. I don't think that, that's not dark. We love you. Night, Court. Yavel bang. Oh, gross. Real water. The worst. Un- oh, no. Unflavored, unbubbled. I didn't know you were getting Sewer the- water. Throw the some apple cider vinegar water. in there at least. <laughs> oh, my God. I've done that. Just be like, I just can't have regular water. I do it all the time. I need flavors. I love tap, but I didn't know. We're going fancy with the daddy. Got what am I, grounded? Boy. Sink water. <laughs> you think it's funny. All right. Uh, well... It's it's been Clap. it's it's been a mo. Clap. There you go. I I I have under I duress. Don't want, I don't want to spoil it, but I have managed to get around a few claps here and there. We we've we've faltered <laughs> on it. I've okay, it I was out. I was I was there for you. No, like, I I do uh, I do appreciate it, but uh, I, now it's on you. Believe it or not, I've I've got her down. Oh yeah. Which she knows we're on. Yeah, she knows the mics are hot. So uh, it, it has been a minute, but uh, it's Hans, it's been a while. How was your day? Did you have a good night? Court. Hey, we're back, baby. The sun Season is shining three. in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, it is, and it's a windy as a windbag. <laughs> I was gonna save all the spiciness for this episode. It's, really almost, it's as windy as a catcher's mitt. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Sounds like so you got to grease it up, get mind. the wind out of it. Well, I feel like you're ready for play. I, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna. It's gonna be stretched. It's maybe thin, but like Wendy has a catcher's mitt. It sounds like like an old catcher as your coach. I bet he, they got all the stories. It's like Yogi Berra. He was the mean? he was the catcher, but he'd talk your ear off about like, did you know this about so and so? Like oh, the catcher seems to me like the chattiest, windiest guy on the team. They na- He wrote a book called Yogiisms or something. They called it like Yoganese or something because he said so much stupid shit, which we all know is like somebody else's. Like it was all, he was just that guy that was quick with someone else's smart shit, which is <laughs> a good thing to be. Quick with just talking before anybody else could? Yeah, and, he got, and then he was like, nope, I said it, and now it's like in a book and now they're mine. You know, it was things- So now it's- it was, it was, yeah, it was like windy like a catcher's windy mitt. Windy like a catcher's mitt. 
Done. It's, it's the opening day for the Clippers. Put she it in wore, the book, baby. She oh. wore there's no crying in baseball onesie today. It says Wendy is a catcher's mitt. The River Dogs Wendy is a catcher today. today too. Yeah, it is opening baseball. <laughs> it is for uh, Charleston for as well. Triple A, baby. Yep. Who who for are the Clippers? Uh, uh, for who who are they? A minor in, league team for uh, the Indians. And spicy. They uh, used to be Yankees. It used to be the Yankees. Like they're down Derek here. Jeter, like all of the like nineties greats for the Yankees played in Columbus at some point. Really? I know this because their pictures are hanging up in their stadium. Of course. I actually That afternoon they strolled through what, are and they you... gave them... Don't knock it. I'm not knocking Don't it. Don't get sex. I'm just saying they like t- their knocking the around here. Knocking the clip. Well, I guess Harvey and I are going to a game and alone. There is a baseball stadium by me that just some Kevin Costner guy started. <laughs> basically, he it's called the um, oh oh now am I gonna miss it? It's called the oh the Devil Diamond, and it's totally unsanctioned. <laughs> but what he does is what this guy claims. I should put this uh, a link to this website on on the Facebook page. What this guy claims is that they uh, over fifty people have been drafted into the MLB. Uh, mm. since starting this and what it is is he just organizes exhibi- exhibition games for college players and I guess e- people that didn't even get drafted in the minor league to to play and get scouted so oh got you so it's just like a, a like a showcase for someone who may not be able to uh, right be, but, be seen otherwise yes but the thing about it is it's you remember those, like, it is subpar, the stadium. Like, sub, sure. subpar. Literally, I drive by it at night, and I'm waiting to see some of these Diamond Devils, and it is always <laughs> T-Ball. And I, and when you walk, when you drive by, you just go, that's, shitty, that's a pretty shitty T-Ball stadium. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's really, so, I, honestly, I, here's what, I, here's. If you were a major league baseball player, you would bunt the ball out of this field. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Maybe that's why they're, it, maybe it's all effects. It's like the Facebook, the classic Facebook photo where it's like, oh man, he really socked a dinger out of that stadium. Wait, it's the size of a small car. Right, right, right. Or like that, that stadium where the, apparently some maintenance, some janitor for the Minneapolis, Minnesota Twins turned up the fans at the right time and <laughs> whisked those balls a few feet farther. <laughs> That's bull-loady. I love it. Because uh, janitors <laughs> hate their lives there. They wouldn't... No. No. That takes so much more effort. Do you think a janitor, a, an actual guy who works during a Minnesota Twins game <laughs> likes the, the Twins... twins no fucking way in hell. No. The way like, those I, baseball players treat him. Oh, oh my And the God. fans? Oh, God. White Sox fan he, all the way. Oh, yeah, or totally. Or he just Whoever, hates baseball or all. Like, probably. He, yeah. He's a soccer fan. Like, anything. Maybe chess. Professional tra- chess. Magic <laughs> right. cards. Anything. That's like, yeah, anything. Don't get a job. Don't get a menial job anywhere you love. You know what I mean? Because right. you'll just... It'll destroy everything about it. Because if your job is to put a, a garbage bag over a broken toilet, and then 20 <laughs> minutes later you come back, and someone has shit on top of the garbage bag to the broken toilet, you're like, I hate 
professional baseball. I hate the Minnesota Twins. We're gonna win Twins! We're gonna... <laughs> that does lead us uh, to this episode, kind of, though. Like, if you're going to maintain your love of something, better be careful with how much better you invest careful. yourself in it. But that was my and, feeling with this episode right out And the you back. better have no reservations. Yeah. Oh, nice. Weird episode. Good setup, though. Yeah. Uh, what, what We're on season three, episode four. Yep. Mac and Quan Lee, colon, back. no reservations. Mm-hmm. They're back, man. They are. This show, this, I don't know what other sitcoms, how... I guess Cheers was very similar, but how um, the continuity, the type of continuity they followed, but there's mm-hmm. certainly some dynamics in Night Court that they they don't give a fuck if their viewing audience saw the previous episodes or not. And it's not yeah. like you were DVRing them or something, you know what I mean? Like, if you missed out, you missed out. Not that you couldn't enjoy the episode, but there's definitely some inside jokes about everything. Oh, yeah, it helps to have seen the previous Quan Lee Mac episodes, but you don't have to. You just jump in. Like we- I think you could totally jump in. What I thought, like going on what Han says, I think it's really cool that back in the day there weren't as many shows, which meant mm-hmm. actors didn't have as many TV gigs, which means you could get characters back. Yeah, easier than you would oh, in a saying. normal show today, which I think is really cool that they can just have Quan Lee and. Like just a, yeah, just smattering sparsely. throughout. Yeah, or the actor that like I mean, la- last episode was last episode, but the guy that played Christine's dad is the same character actor. Yep, yep. that we've seen in other things. So. I don't know if you could. Harvey disagrees. TV uh, fame TV critic Harvey Van Heel chimes oh, in. She's more of a fan of Atlanta than she is of Night Court. Haven't seen it. It's good. Is Season it? one, anyways, oh, we watched God, it. It's it's so, it's so good. good. Oh, it's so it's not good. It's so good. I, be- um, I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Be- who who is behind it? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. He's creator as well. Yeah, creator, writer, writer actor. Like all Triple the track. show makes it like it's set in Atlanta. So like Lando this- Calrissian Jr. Yeah. himself. No, it's Lando Calrissian. I know. Senior. I- I just oh, I know. <laughs> and he got nominated for like a Grammy for best album and best song this year for that crazy yeah. Mudbone song, which is a good song. Uh, for Childish Gambino. Yeah. Yeah. Who used to no. DJ at the Creek in the Cave. Or he, really? Yeah, he used to DJ as Childish Gambino. She's like, I love him. Yeah, no, Atlanta, see it. The aesthetic is like Dirty South sort of hustle and flow. Okay. Um, but it is so surreal and so funny. It's, yeah, it's great. Oh, is it a comedy? It's a, it's just it a- is, yeah. Oh, it totally is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize It's that. dark, it but has it's that, a comedy. Yeah, oh, that okay. dark comedy it's, aspect. Like, there's serious- 30-minute episodes. Oh, See, I didn't realize that. I, they're not our dramas. That's what I, that's, so, so they're not. And there's, um, there's a through story, but each episode is its own one-off. Yeah, they're, like. Like, there are continuing themes, but it's pretty separate. Like, it, you could watch episode three and be fine. It is very much, and you, because you've seen enough, it's very much oh like gosh. the Louis show. Okay. 
where there's an arc, like it follows these characters, but some episodes are just these kind of cool vignettes, like hashtag character spicy, vignettes. Hashtag hot topic. Hashtag me too. What? You two what? You too spicy? Louis. Hey, you made a good show. He's a piece of pig and an oh, asshole. Oh, Donald Glover got outed? No, because I, no, I compared Louis. it to Louie. Well, I think Donald Glover. So I can't ever say Louie made a TV show Let's ever call him again. out, Glover. <laughs> Danny <gasps> Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover? Danny Glover His was dad. too busy polishing Hugo Chavez's corpse's balls. <laughs> Waiting on that uh, Lethal Weapon 7 money. He's alive, right? Who? Danny Hugo Glover? Chavez? Oh, Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah. Is he's he? Still alive. Okay. I mean, that Blacklisted, though. I don't know why. As I a communist. Danny Glover. Oh, pinko Danny Glover. Pinko. Blacklisted. He should have been blacklisted for gone fishing. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, poor Joe Becci would be caught in there as well. I mean, they should both never be allowed to make another film again. No, only Pesci let him out off the... once every three years. Pesci for a Scorsese vehicle and Glover for a a weapon. <laughs> of some sort, any sort of movie. Has to have weapon in it. Right. Uh, and speaking of weapons. Yeah, please. Speak. Or forever hold Let's... your peace, because Mac and Quali <laughs> are married, but somebody doesn't know it. Lead me into... Oh my god, here I got I was going to say, speaking of yeah. weapon, yes. Dan threatens to use a piano wire <laughs> on the shoeshine boy, boy when everybody's meeting in the cafeteria to start this episode. What a shyster feeling is. Oh yeah, scheming for... So good. Arguing for pennies with a little a little African-American boy. But I really, I did say to Casey, I was like, we're doing this again? Yep. The shoeshine bit? I think it's going to be yeah. reoccurring. It's a go-to, yeah. I See, I would say if, it's re- if it happens a third time, I find it funny. If it's just two times and it never happens again. It's bad writing. Yeah. I feel like maybe it could have been in the writer's room. There were two guys that had the same bit. They couldn't, they would like... No, that was mine. Or there was a new writer this the season because that was gag. two seasons ago. And oh, they're like, true. what like, if there's a shoe shine? You feel like you've you rediscovered the research. wheel because you're like, I got it, baby. Dan hates the shoe shine boy. Eureka. If you think about the bigger picture, it is like so you have this ultra conservative fiscal Republican. All these uh-huh. guys who are so concerned like or flash their money around like it's nothing, right? And yeah. in their day-to-day or their stock market, like, I'm not thinking about Dan as a lawyer, but I'm thinking about these Wall Street guys who wouldn't blink at, you know, selling short or, like, you know, outing these people or taking advantage mm-hmm. of, like, the housing bubble to put these people out of their houses. And that's nothing. But if that shoe shine boy ups his price 50 cents... Un- un- or you change the price of just you and all working at restaurants. You change the price of a menu item they have. You'll never Ooh. hear the end of a dollar twenty-five ever. Oh no! Yeah, they'll take you to, to task for it. Well, I even guess if you want smaller kid. Sorry, triple down economics. They're like, yeah, you ain't making. I'm not. Ge- yeah, exactly. Like the tip, your tip. It's coming out of your tip. Ugh. Like fuck you! I don't own the restaurant. 
God, yeah. The those it's the richest people that are the just totally um, that have no generosity whatsoever, right, Harv? It's gonna be yes. richers. And Dan Richies. is one of them. But Dan does Dan's worse. Dan doesn't even have any money. <laughs> no, exactly. He's like a he's tilt he's going tilting at windmills. Like he's not rich. He just wishes he was rich. Right. So I guess you could make the argument that he legitimately doesn't have the money. So stop getting your shoe shine. Buy a right. buy a can of polish. Give him the Leland treatment. To him yourself, yeah. You'd have thought Leland uh, was so in yeah, the Marines we... the way he shined those shoes. <laughs> My dad was honestly, though, like in retrospect, when you think about like him having to go to work to buy us like new Nikes for school, my dad had the same pair of shoes. Same pair of like for twenty five years, and that's not an exact like right. And he fashioned those shoes out of an old basketball he and his brothers used for fifteen years. Oh man, no, like they were nice shoes, but only because like. People used to take care of things that not take care, right. but craftsmen used to craft quality things. So my dad got those shoes for his first job mm. selling insurance in 1979. And, yeah. you know, he probably had the soles redone or something, but like literally had the same yeah. shoes for 30 years. No, I think we, I, I know we have, I forget what episode it was, but we had that long conversation just about how... Like that investment in that look, like shoes. Yeah. You spent money on shoes, so you would pay money to keep them up, to be resold, right. yes. to have them polished, because it is a, a investment. You know, it's an investment, and it shows your your you know shows you off to the world, and the fact that you you know you're affluent, <laughs> like you care about yourself. As opposed to, like you said, like your dad saved all that money buying you guys trash Nikes, and those shoes lasted what two years before you gave them to your like cousin. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. The, the, well, it wouldn't even matter if they, you know, if they did last, which those shoes were garbage, and they didn't. But you gotta, you gotta ditch those shits, man. That's last season, and for me, that meant it was five seasons ago because it's not like we could afford <laughs> yeah. the the new Nikes. You guys heard about these shoes that you pump? <laughs> right. Oh, man. But I, I do digress. So, shoe uh, shine boy. Well, now it ties in because we get into a conversation about uh, American consumerism mm-hmm. and just spending money you don't have. Because, we, as we said, we're starting the cafe. Everybody's just hanging out, kind of talking. Dan comes in, as we said. Pinching panties with the shoe shine boy, and he's not paying for the shoe shine that he got, right? Because of prices, which then trans, uh, which is a nice uh, sidestep into Mac and Quan Lee walk in, and everybody's like, "Oh, hey guys, what's going on? What have you been doing today?" They're like, "Oh, we've been." Uh, I believe Quan Lee says uh, we had a return day. Yes, she does. Uh, they were returning all these impulse buys, which what we were just talking about continuity and that's my note i just said man that is a callback again you don't need it yep but if you have it you just go like this could just be a part two of that episode because the last episode ended with mac saying it's time to return all this shit well it's funny because it goes back to um which is like what stan lee said about comic books like you never know like 
every comic book is going to be somebody's first comic book. So yeah. I felt like I always go back to that and thinking of like whenever you're doing something like this episode instance, this episode could be somebody's first episode of Night Court. It's off by now, man. Well, right. Yeah. But like, but like they set it up perfectly because it, had you you're seen right. the previous episode where she had done the same thing, it carries over. And if you'd seen those episodes, you're like, oh, man, Quan Lee's still up to her old games. Sure. Or you come in just going. Oh man, this lady. Of course, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, just even that little like it was like two lines of dialogue, like a couple gags, and like it sets it up. Um, so yeah, they're on a return day, and it's just escalating. They're returning all this stuff, and Mac makes a joke about like, oh, the next thing we got to returns in a parking lot on thirty fourth, and I think it's Dan. Someone's like, is it a Buick? Yes. He's like, no, it's a boat. Uh, so they, then that transition is like, oh my God, she's bought so much crazy shit. And Max says, well, I let her, I'm going to let her keep one thing. One, she's going to keep it is. one yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. She buys all this stuff. We return it, but she gets to keep one thing. And they're all kind of like, what's that one thing? And he's like, it's a restaurant. Boo, 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 what? It was on sale. I believe it's the punchline. And right. then it goes into, uh, the introduction. Uh, and then we get our, our classic intro, and then we it enter, does, and I- Sorry, it does go, not to cut us up, oh, we are at 20 minutes, I was just gonna say, we, we really cut the time on that intro, <laughs> never, it's, it's 20 minutes and like 15 seconds, it's incredible how on the money and that is. I will say that was the quickest opening to intro that I recall. That's what I feel like too, but it was the same. It was the yeah. same. I well, don't... for us, yes. For them, it was probably like three minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, I was going to, the reason I was saying it, did, were we, I guess I can just move on. I was going to say we're introduced to a character. I didn't know if that was pre-credits or post or uh, intro, but it, it really doesn't matter because we're going to meet Max Grandpa. Yes. And I believe in going back to the, the continuity of the show, he's been referenced before. Yes, because Dan is in love because Dan, yeah. he was first referenced because Dan was kind of looking down on Mac until yes, he found yeah. out that Mac was the heir to the... To some a fortune. Right, to some, some sort. Chestnut Futures fortune or something, you know? Yeah. Some pecan futures. Which I thought was cool, like pretty progressive for the show and the time. Like, Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, like, there's this rich African-American man, like, who's, like, a magnate to the point of where, and we'll get into it in the next scene. Uh, But, of course, you could shift it and go, like, oh, my God. So you make a black guy rich, and he's a a rich asshole. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, can you just give, like, some positive attributes to one black character, which they do, of course, which is Mac, who is Mm -hmm. one of the better characters on the show. But I digress. Yeah. That's some liberal zoo talk there. <laughs> Spicy. Uh, oh, uh, no. So we, <laughs> did we record what we were talking about? We did not record our talk about going to the zoo. So that just sounds like <laughs> oh, some Rush Limbaugh quote. <laughs> right. That liberal zoo talk, if you know what I'm saying. And that just, wow, you pluck that out, baby. It'll be just throw it on the pile, uh, <laughs> throw it on, throw another nail on the coffin nail pile. Um, okay, so 
Credits are done. We come yep. on back and we're going to see we're all in the restaurant now. This yep. dilapidated, crusty restaurant is not the restaurant we know. It looks like it could be the same set. Right. But it is not the same on paper, I don't think. I, I don't, don't think this is the no. Asian-Italian restaurant that we've become accustomed to seeing in Night Court. Right. Although, is there a moment where they're like, we sure had a lot of good times in here? Yes. They never say the name of the restaurant that I recall, but they do have a moment where like, Bull makes a joke about, like, I got food poisoning. Yeah, this must be that they must be. Why? They must be alluding to that restaurant Papa Jack's, I believe, was the name. Yeah, yeah, they, they must be talking about that restaurant. Otherwise, otherwise, uh, what a weird throwaway. But either way, it uh, is uh, it is a crusty, dilapidated um, looking restaurant. And they, yeah, and they walk in dust covered, cobwebs everywhere. Uh, the shysty real estate agent shows them in, and he's like, "Hey, everybody!" To in in the essence, sort of like, "What do you think?" And then there's silence. And he says, that's what most people say. Right. Uh, And then we get into uh, Mac and Quan Lee are showing everybody around because this is their big, the big investment that they decided to keep. And then we find out that they couldn't pay for it outright. They can only pay for half. And if it's a sound investment, Mac's grandpa is going to foot the rest of the bill. Yeah. Mac. So they're kind of. Like getting ready, right? Super wealthy grandfather, super, super wealthy, wealthy uh, importer, exporter, art vandalay grandfather. That's right, importing, exporting. Got it. Which is so funny. Like that was a Seinfeld joke, because but that's literally what they said about this guy. Who they're like, oh yeah, he's very important. He's an importer, exporter. It's probably where they got it. Just watching I, back, yeah. like old sitcoms, and they're like, what? Because the idea is just such. George always comes up with the stupidest premises. So, yeah. of course, importer, exporter. It just seems but so fake. Also, remember, like, at that time in the 80s, like, that's when embargoes were happening, and that's when we were, like, hardcore into, into making laws about importing and exporting. So, sure. if you could do it, you had money because there were so fewer inroads and outroads than there are now. That's why Trump, Trump's still so stuck in that era. That's why he's right. starting all these trade wars like it's <laughs> 1985. No, but seriously. Mm-hmm. So if you had the capability to import and export, like that was a real thing. That's hilarious by Seinfeld era because it didn't, at that time it meant nothing. But in this time, it actually culturally does status wise. Well, sure. Sort of the end of the era. Like, and I would say we'll get into it, but especially for an African-American man mm-hmm. to be able to do that, like, that's pretty big. Right, and it's sort of the, the withering of that but old, plausible. old guard of wealth in New right. York, like yeah. importing goods. Yeah. And you have your shipping routes and you own ships. It sounds like, you know, like the 1800s, 1700s. No, absolutely. But it alludes back it becomes, to the West in- Dutch India Trade. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Max grandfather owned the Black Prairie Jack Sparrow. Oh my! Oh my God! I, I I just saw like a like twenty minutes of that first time I've ever been exposed to the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <gasps> it's pretty I funny. Love the first one. I love the first one. 
I don't, I don't know if it was the second or third. I saw like 20 minutes of it. Old. I don't, I, I, I mean, uh, oh. it was very Buster Keaton, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Depp. That, that's who I recognized him as <laughs> emulating. Oh yeah, totally. Well, Just he, that. F- he did Mick Jagger. Keith Richards. Yeah, it was Keith oh, Richards. Because Keith, Keith Richards plays his dad. Spoiler alert. Oh, does he? In That's the movies. Big spoiler. Huge spoiler. Huge spoiler. Harvey will never forgive you. She hates pirates. She's not any that kind. Shit. She hates a lot of things. She's going to be on the thirtieth installment of a Star Wars movie. I think I'm done with that, aren't you? <laughs> when Casey saw the last one, he came. He saw it with Mitch, and he came home, and I was like, oh my gosh, how was it? And he patted Harvey on the head, and he was just like, you never have to do this. Yeah, I was, it's over. I like, like an old cursed ghost, I was like, I'm free. I'm free. I'm done. Yeah, that's I'm allowed thing. to not care anymore. And it's not that they burned me in a sense that they made like horrible content. There's parts of the new one I really liked and I think visually it looks cool. Like it was it was not the prequels. It was just like when I go in when you go into a store and you try mm-hmm. and buy a can of beans and C3PO is selling you a can of navy beans, I just like fuck you guys. Like I'm just I'm t- oh, through and through done with you. Celery. Like, I don't celery. have to be invested. Like, we were at the grocery store today, and they had heads of lettuce. And they it. had beans. They had- and Casey said, why don't you get the navy beans? <laughs> no, they, no, had, they had heads of lettuce that had BB-8 on yes, them. Yes. No, they do. And cauliflower and stuff. Dole. They have an agreement with Dole. It's like, you guys are fucking, like, it's, uh, uh, like, dystopian to me. Did they, at Winelands? Yes. I did not because my first thought was like, oh, weird. Because also what he's not saying, we're not going to a conglomerate. We're going to a locally sourced, like, organic market grocery store. Which made me go, like, how old are these heads of lettuce if they have... That movie came out That's months a good point. ago. Yeah. I'd expect that from my Walmart beans. No, but that's <laughs> what I was saying, like... That's uh. crazy. I didn't see that. Anyway... Get, uh, so get you said I here, talk I too much. <laughs> Back to exporting and importing. Uh, everybody's getting to, like uh, getting ready because Max's grandfather's coming in, and Dan's a huge fan. Dan is in love because he's a, a successful rich hero. man. Yep. Uh, uh, Dan has a, a joke. All I have written down is Dan makes Anne Frank joke. I have Anne Frank's attic joke. So I think <laughs> I here's where I think I can piece it together. Uh, they're looking around and they're trying to make, you know, um, a shitty situation look nice. So they're like, you're trying to polish the turd of this restaurant. Exactly. And they're like, you know what? The good thing about this restaurant is there's practically no overhead. And then Flo's like, there's no ceiling either. And Dan goes, that's all right. Dan Frank didn't have a ceiling. It's like, oh my God. Or I think Dan Frank could fit up there anyway. Yeah, it had something to do with room. Like, and neither did Anne Frank's attic. Yeah. Shoot. I was, read... I was feeding her. Too soon is what I say. And it kind of was. It was, it was like 20 years ago. <laughs> this was filmed in 1950. October well, think about it. Anne Frank, 45, 55, 65, 75. Oh, yeah. I guess that was 40 years ago. My my time is skewed. <laughs> uh, so then... uh. 
Mac's grandfather shows up, and everybody yeah. like hustles and bustles, and Mac introduces everybody to his grandfather, and his grandfather sort of buzzes around, and then he didn't he, he not expect up. to see him or something? I don't. I thought he did because the whole point of him them going maybe it was a surprise i don't recall did he not expect kwan lee to be there because he's very panicked about not introducing right kwan and lee. he introduces everybody and grandpa's like great great and then he goes around the room and he steps up to kwan lee and she goes hello i'm kwan lee and he goes the cook oh yeah <laughs> and then max <laughs> steps in uh and th- then kwan lee and mac have an aside because she's very Max seems to be very proud of, you know, everybody introducing people. She's very proud of being married to Mac. He clearly is not proud to be married to her. Right. Which is the crux of uh, this episode entitled Mac and Guanli No Reservations. Which there are. She's got none. Mac's got many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, we, I mean, we've, we've known that about Mac thus far, though. Yeah. He didn't want to marry her, but... He he came around. He's been he's been dragging his feet the whole time. So this is just a but continuation of his character. We we've been introduced to her as such a materialistic like consumer. Like I I feel like yeah. they could have had behind the the you know closed door conversation like just you're not my wife. He's very wealthy. I'm gonna get you that boat. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like. But it's about love, Hansi. It's I not know, about. I know, I know. It's not about the money. Scheming. I got it. There's no scheming. Uh, so we the grandpa like takes a look around. Clearly, isn't into it. The shiesty uh, real estate agent is like, you know, it costs seventy thousand dollars, and the grandfather's like, I'll give you twenty. Right. Well, he's yeah. Like, ah, I was gonna sell it for eighty, and he's like fifteen. Yes. So he like Classic. is an expert businessman, haggles like a champ. Yep. And talks the guy down to it ends up being like fifty thousand dollars. It's yeah. like cheaper than they expected. And Dan kneels and bows to him as a as a master. Master of the deal. Uh and then as the grandpa opens his big old school awesome Checkbook. You know, like checkbook, yes. which is one of those giant old three, things. Three tiered checkbook, yeah, the best. Uh and Dan is just looking over his shoulder and he's like, Six figures? This man keeps six figures in his checking account. How would he Because he can see on those big old checkbooks they have the memo on the side. Oh so really? that you you go through and each check oh. lets you know exactly what you have, so there's the your little balance sheet. Right next to the check that you're cutting. So he can just see, and this man doesn't give a shit. He has so much money, it doesn't matter if this right. guy can see how much money he has. So he's about to sign it. And then, wait, no, 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 sorry. Uh, there is a conversation that happens before he signs it to the a side conversation. Because Harry gets mm-hmm. wise. And Quan Lee is upset, right? Like... Yeah. Why haven't you introduced me to to your grandfather? Yeah. And then this it's put in his grandfather's face sort of like before he can hand the check and paper the space. Uh Mac is like or his grandfather is like this is your wife? You didn't tell me because you think it's a disgrace. 
an I think you know, basically like is the reason you didn't tell me is because you're embarrassed. And Max sort of like, yeah. And then his grandfather's like, because you should be. You're a disgrace to the, you know, this is a disgrace. And so then, we again reestablish yeah. that Mac is hesitant to be a part of this marriage. And he, so of course, grandpa rips up the check, exits yeah. in a huff, to which we get Dumbull back. Oh, Dumbull's back, baby. To just, uh, hey. You don't think this has anything to do with Quan Lee being Asian, do you? <laughs> Which does it? It does. Yes. So it's like not only is he like a classist, he's a a, a racist. Yes. Against Asians. Yeah. Is that a thing? Sure. Just in general, I get racism is across all boards. I should I should rephrase it. Is that a stereotyped thing that black people are racist against Asian people? No, I think it's just playing into that the classic idea of marrying outside your your station, outside of your class. Got you. Like, because they established like a he's rich and successful, and b he's just like a pillar of this. Society, so he's a rich, powerful black man in a world uh, of only rich, powerful white men. So it's like he had to work 10 times as hard. So it's sort of like that old, like, no, you you marry inside with your people. Sure. Like, you should marry... A the pillar an, another African American woman from our circle who's also successful. Like we should keep the success going. Got it. Got it. You know, it's like just like that kind of like New York immigrant story. Like sure, it's West Side Story. Yeah, you move in and you're with your people, German, Italian, whatever, and it's like don't step out with you know like don't you gotta we gotta keep it all in house. Gotcha. Keep it comfortable. So I don't think it like they're playing up a like a well-known sort of like African Americans hate Asians always. I feel like I'm thinking of the film um, "Do the Right Thing," and I think I don't remember. I don't want to get. What's I don't possible? Get in trouble. I feel like there's a we- weird stere- not stereotype. I feel like there's a weird trope of Asian store owners and. In black neighborhoods, not getting along. Does oh sound no, familiar? and that's it's it, it. No, totally, because that was the whole crux of the the L.A. riots and stuff. Was that the they looted all of these Korean stores, and that's because the Koreans owned all of the stores. Got it. Okay. It could have been. It could have been Irish. It could have been Saudi Arabian. It could have been, you know you know, Iraqi, it just so happened like that specific culture, like they owned all the businesses. They, they happened the shop to owners. get into that market. Of- and they weren't afraid to like buy all the shops in those neighborhoods. So of course it, there's that clash. So I, I don't think it's a thing. It just was a happenstance of business and geography. Like the cheapest businesses to buy happened to be in those neighborhoods. And sure. Sure. Asian families were the ones that are like, sure, cool, fuck it, yeah. It it might be a it might be a shitty area now, but shit changes, especially sure. in L.A. and New York. And sure, 
Well, it's like the when we lived in uh, uh, Crown Heights, there was the corner store liquor store, which it, it, I don't mean to be spicy, but it was Asians, Asian family that owned it. Yeah. In a predominantly African-American neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they did not get along. <laughs> they were oh, always yeah. fighting. <laughs> I, as I recall, that liquor store was a classic Brooklyn liquor store behind the plexiglass, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't finger the goods. You didn't browse. You no, no, no. You you pointed. Yeah, as then, their little tiny dog barked at you from behind plexiglass. Right, and they kind of. How did you get it? Did they have like almost like a bank system where like the door they had the the, the and... classic the plexiglass cube? Yeah, Crazy. or the um, it's the around the corner. Where you, oh, yeah. you stick, they stick it around and you stick it in, but you can't ever, you could never reach your arm in. That sucks, man. I do remember that story. That was the same way in Sunset Park, too. Any place, yeah. yeah. Or any of the, the corner store bodegas had the, the cube where you put your money on and they spin the cube. Yep, yep. And then they put your, and it's always a six pack of course Light or whatever it was and spin it around and you take it. So it could be open 24 hours a day, but you can't walk in. Right, exactly. Oh my god. Uh, Anyways, we digress. digress. Holy smokes. To socioeconomic dynamics in New York City. Well, we're right back to another one because we come right back, we cut, and we come back to uh, old uh, Dan and the Shoeshine Boy. Yep. Mixing it up again. And it's getting spicy again because the Shoeshine Boy, who's African American, Mm hmm. Is also tied in with the mob, so I guess he shines their shoes too. Right, he uh, so like you said, they're they're fighting, and Dan again is not going to pay, and the kid's like, okay, fine, fine, whatever you say, Dan, I'll remember this. And then your classic sort of like eighties mafioso walks up, and he, I, I, is the kid's name Leon or Leo or something? I'm not sure. I, I feel like I would have written but, it. I feel like I would have written it down if it was Leon, but because that's just a that doesn't seem like a child's name to me. It is obviously because yeah. there's Leons. But like, sure, <laughs> Leons aren't born forty year old men. <laughs> they aren't, but that sounds like they should be. Like, they have let's the soul of a forty year old man. All right, but uh, so he knows the kid by name. Let's just call him Leon. He's yeah, like, hey, please. Leon, Leon. Uh, sorry to bother you, but you got a minute? Could you shine my shoes? And Leon's like, yeah, of course, Godfather. And the guy, you know, like, straightens his, like, collar. Like, now I'm getting spicy. I'm on Italian. Right. But he sits down, and then uh, the little kid, Leon, looks over to Dan and goes, my favorite part of that movie was the horse head. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so Dan gets not... a little uncomfortable. And he hightails it out of there. And he's get twenty three skidoos. Yeah, that. By the way, that Godfather. It's not like an eighties looking. At t- he looks like the guy from the Godfather, but the old flashback guy that used to like run the old immigrant neighborhood at the turn of the century. Yes. You know that used to like steal <laughs> the, the, the fruit out of the people's carts. Yeah. They give me the fruit because uh, they love me. That he had the white scarf and like the white gloves. Uh, like I feel uh, like some guys still in Bay Ridge, still like who would think they're oh, still sure, in the mob. Yeah. You still kind of dress like that on Sundays. You're just like, <laughs> you suck. 
So then we go to court. Court. Yep. And uh, Mac is flustered. He's not doing his job. But Harry's like, we're going to press on. I don't delay. I'm not going to delay court. No recess. Uh, but Mac has a breakdown, I guess. Because yeah. I have a note and then the shoe shine and then Mac in chambers with Harry because he crushes that statue with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, he has a flashback about his grandfather and how, like, he wasn't just his grandfather, but he was like the only person that looked out for him and that mm -hmm. his smile could warm his whole world because he was everything yeah. to him. Um, so what does Harry do? But puts a warrant out for Grandpa, Grandpa Robinson's <laughs> arrest. Yeah, because he's, he's talking to Harry and he's like, he's hard-headed, he's always right, though. Whether he's right or not, he thinks he's always right. right. So I he's can't win. Patriot. I can't win with this guy. So yeah, Harry issues a warrant for his arrest so that Grandpa's in his office. And there's, I just have this, this line written down because they, you know, the grandfather's a powerful you know, importer, exporter, New York City. So he knows everybody. Of course. He knows Trump's dad, for God's sakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's like, you can't do this to me. I'm going to have your job. I'm going to call the mayor basically like, Harry, you're done. If this if this scheme doesn't pan out, oh, he he's going to be yeah. panhandling mm -hmm. for shekels on the street. It's going to take Harry the hat is going to have to use his hat yeah. for some dimes. Uh, so Bull has a joke, so they're scuffling, and and Bull just says, uh, uh, "Do you always?" He, there's something just like, "Do you always interfere with family matters?" And Bull's like, "Yeah," like he's just no. he can't help it, like, right? No, Harry's like, "Now, Mister, is his last name Robinson? Mac Robinson, right? It's Charles Robinson, it Robinson. the actor. Yeah. Does Mac have a last name? Is it Robinson?" I think Ooh, so, I because I believe they called the grandfather Mr. Robinson. That's why I have I have that written down all over. So he's basically like like now Mr. Robinson, I don't normally do this. I don't normal I don't normally meddle in family business and family. Paul just goes, Yeah, you do. You do it all the you time. Always meddle. Paul you always did it last week. Like, all right. <laughs> Anyways, it's actually a pretty pretty fun back and forth. But he didn't just pull grandpa in. He's got uh -huh. a scheme. And so yes. what he does is he gets old grandpa locked in with Quan Lee in the office, in the chambers, yes. which I have one of my favorite lines, shocking lines, is they're just, oh, now yeah. they have to be back together. And she just goes up to him and she goes, Grandpa, I love Roots. <laughs> right, and then a cut. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Here we go. That's yeah, on. Because- Th those are the next parts, and I was laughing because I made a joke to Ashley as they were setting up that scene because Florence goes, oh, this is going to be good. Do you want me to set up the machine gun nest in the hallway? And I was like, ooh, Ashley, Ashley Spicy. Too soon, Vietnam. Oh, I didn't even put that <laughs> and together. Then, and I, like as a joke, I just jokingly like that's a bit of a stretch. And then Harry just goes, uh, "If you guys want, I have Kool Aid in the fridge." And I went, oh, uh, "Getting spicy." But that's not, it's so funny you mentioned that because I was like, "Huh, Kool Aid." I know that's me projecting it, but then they kind of bond over Mac's love of Kool Aid. Love so of, of great Kool Aid. Most people listening. 
know what's going to happen is, you know, Quan Lee and the grandfather, you know, they they come to terms after she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to jump out the window because that's a Vietnamese uh, that's, custom. That was my note. I was like, yet another window suicide? Come on. They re- it's the skyscraper trope. All we the- got to reset the clock. Uh-oh, we're back to zero. Days without a window suicide oh, threat? yeah, exactly. We're back to zero. That's just pandering to us Kansas folks. They got high windows in New York. Which is funny because the grandfather calls her out on it because she's like, I'll jump. We do this in my country. Oh, yeah. Anyone who, you know, like insults the family will commit suicide by jumping from an 18-story building. And the grandpa's like, a lot of 18-story buildings in Vietnam. What does she say? She's like, some. Yeah, some. Uh, And then, then the grandfather comes around and he's like, all right, don't do it. And she's like, okay. Yep, you got it. And then to which, this is where I'm at there. I have some crazy bull laugh thing in here where he says, for everything there is a season. But I forget what that is in reference to, so it doesn't matter. Because underneath it, they come, he's like, you sure are strong-headed. Remind me of myself. In fact, you remind me of my grandson, uh, Mac. She's like... Yeah, he, he, and also he loves Kool-Aid. And and the grandpa yeah. right away is like, grape Kool-Aid Oyster. and cherry Kool-Aid, but grape Kool-Aid. And I'm like, you millionaire, you. Like, who's writing in there? David Duke? Like, <laughs> that grandfather doesn't, like, come on. Kool-Aid? We, I, no, I was like, okay, this is. This is getting pretty thin. We're stretching this a little far. We've established this guy is cutthroat, New York City businessman. He has built a fortune out of fucking nothing. And he just goes, oh, grape Kool-Aid. Oh, grape and cherry. He sure did. And I was like, wow, why would you remember that? Did Kool-Aid used to, was Kool-Aid kind of couture back in the 80s? <laughs> Kool-Aid couture? <laughs> I mean, was, I, what, did it hold a higher status in society? Because now it's like But this wouldn't below. have been the 80s. This would have been Young Mac. So this is like the 60s. Oh, so this is like, it was like, like champagne. Because Mac fought in Vietnam, so he had to be a baby. In like the late fifties, early sixties. Uh, yeah, if he fought in Vietnam, he probably would have been born. Because if in like he was like in, in his late teens, early twenties, yeah, a good chunk of Vietnam. Because we've established he didn't just like dip a toe into Vietnam. Like he's like Riggs level, Frank Castle, Punisher level I of like say, I did three tours in Vietnam. Like, he lived. He years. had a second family in Vietnam, <laughs> to which Quan Lee was his daughter. Yeah, yes right. mac is the guy that like like you're like all right he was in vietnam like, he's the comedian from watchman but he's nice he, ex- yeah exactly but i feel like if you go back to vietnam like there's a whole like you could write a comic about mac's second life in vietnam <laughs> where he is both beloved and feared and has all the there's all these relationships and dynamics that are going on He's like There's a Colonel Kurtzian sort of story yeah. where he just like subjugates a village. You know, yeah, exactly. Like he, um, what is it called when you leave your platoon? Deserted for a while. Yeah. Obviously, right? Because then he was just like, yeah, he went AWOL. He went, he went off the reservation. God, because that's we, the whole, that's fucking the whole apocalypse now. Right. It's like, 
Martin Sheen going to find Colonel Kurtz because he went he went native. That's the term. He went native. Native, yeah. We need shirts. We need to Photoshop shirts of Mac taking that weed toot off the. Uh, what did they have? <laughs> AKs. The, what did they the have? Shotgun. In Vietnam? No. Yeah. But what, what was their weapon in in Vietnam? It's very famous. Was it just an AK forty seven? No. Too early. M sixteen. Uh, was there's the M sixteen? Yeah, I think that was the first big war with the M sixteen. With because that's the one with the handle. Yeah, and that's the one where the and, McNamara, like, they over-ordered or they made a deal with this weapons mm-hmm. manufacturer to, and immediately was like, oh, these are horrible weapons. And they had For to change the, yeah. all of their, uh, what would you call it, statistics or strategy? They had to, all their numbers had to change to which how many of these, how often do these guns jam and like, how long does it take to fix of like the moisture and humidity? Right. Yeah. So their casualties, like numbers changed, like their acceptable losses number changed because of how shitty of a yeah. gun they equipped their soldiers. Because with. it was too crappy and modern. It was like metal and plastic. Yeah. Oh Whereas yeah. The North Vietnamese were using AK-47s, which is still used in most corners of the globe because right. it is the most fail-safe weapon, mm-hmm. other than. The grease guns they used in World War II, which is just a pipe with a fucking firing pin in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Vietnam. Yeah, so there's a whole other. Yeah, it just has a whole Mac, other. Mac taking care. Oh, because that's what um, they bond over the Kool-Aid, but then they bond over uh-huh. like how hard working about of a guy Mac is in that he went yeah. to Vietnam took care of uh, he's like they took care of a whole family and she's like i know it was mine i was 11 to which he's like isn't like ah who is my grandson yeah but uh because she she has a story that parlays from the tea or from the kool-aid she's like he loved the grape and cherry kool-aid he hated tea but he drank it because of me and my family right now I'm just picturing like Warlord Mac. Yes. <laughs> like, just like anybody else, he just shoot on sight. You will drink this tea and he chokes it down. Oh my God. Bathes himself in Kool-Aid. Um, so where do I, we're, we're talking some race stuff. They, they, uh, they yeah. come together. And for some reason I have Flo talking about karate and it's not, uh, certainly not on. Yeah. A, Message. So yeah, Grandpa Robinson and Quan Lee bond over Mac being compassionate, not stupid. And then I think Quan Lee has a like, he's like, "You're pretty sharp," because she was yes. so sure about yeah. like, "I would get Mac," and he's like, "You're a pretty sharp lady," and she has this like, "Waka waka for a minority." Uh, oh, and God. you would assume that he just goes, "No, for a woman." And then we cut to commercial and come back, and it's Mac and the crew in the hallway, and he's like, I can't believe you left him in the office. If we go in there, you know, like, they're going to have killed themselves, he's going to kill her and then kill himself. And they walk in, and that my note was, like, it, it was a trope for a reason, I guess, but, like, the idea. So they walk in, we see Mac's reaction, and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's, he shot, she shot him. And it's old, the old man on the floor, and then yeah, the tiny okay. Asian woman, Quan Lee, 
stepping on his back because he has a bad back. That's right. And he's like overly sexually noise making. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, let's go. Oh. So she's giving him an Asian massage. I can't tell you what it's from, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Like, just from, like, TV and movies. Asian people giving massages? Like, an Asian woman walking on your back. Yeah, well, that's a... They don't have to be Asian, but that's a thing. Like, the the walking back massage, they do have to be a little smaller, usually. I can't do it? I wouldn't... I would probably ask for the next masseuse if you came in for my walking back massage. Check, please. Um, yeah, but that was def. I mean, yeah, it's it is a thing. It's just like you're talking about Korean-owned businesses. Like there are a lot of Asian massage parlors in New York, and I'm not saying yeah, they're all sure. handy or any by any means, but I'm saying there's a lot of Asian massage parlors. So. Sure, it, yeah. but at the same time, it is kind of spicy that she would be an Asian masseuse, or not even she because she's not a masseuse. It is spicy in this sense: all Asian people know how to give good massages. Yeah, sure. And is that like? I mean, it's not like it's a like bad backs are a fad, but I feel like bad backs got played up more in the eighties. Like people bad still backs have bad backs, but you don't see like. When's the last show where the crux of part of it was like, oh, my back is out. Could someone walk on my back? Oh, I mean, I think every sitcom in the 1980s had at least one episode where somebody threw their back out to the point where they couldn't bend back up. And I can say it's not a a bad joke because Ash and I watched that show um, uh, with uh, Lily Tomlin, the Frankie and... Johnny Grace and, or whatever. Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. And they have an amazing, hilarious episode where both of them throw their backs out and they're stuck on the floor. Sure. So it's hilarious. Yeah. But is that a thing? Can you throw your back out to the... Obviously, it's a thing if, if so many people do it. Can you throw your back out to the point where you... That's a dumb question. Of course you can. Where you can't move? I guess. God, nightmare. Now we're both like we're we're begging, we're begging fate to just <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, we can't pot today because we threw our backs out. I'm close. Like I couldn't hold. Like I'm having trouble holding cups because I got arthritis in my thumbs. Oh Jesus! Yeah, what? It's re- like they're just swollen from right gaming at, at the joint. I don't even play games though, <laughs> so I don't know. But I just have bad thumb joints now. I used to do like a funny thing with like my, my joint and make my thumb look like smaller. And but now so it's stuck that way. Now it's just like inflamed and keep making that face, Hans, and it'll stay that way. It'll lose my thumbs. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I'm sure a bad back is on the way. Um, oh God! So so it turns out everything's okay. Yeah. Mac and Grandpa. Kind of, they, they, they come to terms mm-hmm. and yeah. they do that classic thing where I, it's just like a writer can't really write good, like, um, uh, uh, reacquaintance. What is the word for it? Uh, reconciliation, reconciliation dialogue. So they just tickle each other. They just go, <laughs> oh yeah. He tickles his son, his Vietnamese veteran grandson. <laughs> Like under the chin and the arms and everything, I was like, "Ah, that's, that's the thing." Like, I'm a sucker for that because at first I was like, "Oh, that's not like you know, like a 
playful hug with your grandpa. Like I was like, ah, and then I was like, this is going up. Oh, they're tickling up. Oh, it's going yeah, tickles. It, it's no, okay. No, no tickles. No tickles. Especially if he's a rich Wall Street guy. Mm, tickle. You're not allowed to tickle if you have over. If you work in that industry, don't trust it. That's <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Tickle a veteran. <laughs> exactly. Like, would, like just t- don't tickle any adult. But if it's a, like a a hardcore veteran like <laughs> i feel like that would be like that almost seems like a like a, a like a ren and stimpy cut to like a tickling booth and it's like yeah look at this ren i'm gonna really get a tickle in and then it pans over and it's some like it's vietnam vet it's like try it <laughs> like, <laughs> i dare you he goes he tries to give the ticket away and the hand just comes out and just, <laughs> just grabs it and pulls him in <laughs> Oh, it's too bad we'll never get any... Never look at that show the nope. same again. Never. Uh, yeah, Grandpa's a softy. They reconcile Tickle. Uh, and then we get our, our coldie, our coldie taggy. Everybody's hanging out in the restaurant. Oh, not yeah. yet cleaned up, but will they, we find out that they have it. It's they theirs. Do it. They're going to give it a go. Funny, so everybody's that's, there that's hanging out. Everybody... Including Leon, yeah, interesting, isn't Much it? Much to Dan's chagrin, because what do we what do we think? What time of night you think this is? About three a.m. <laughs> Leon has Leon keeps no hours. Got to cut off, and Leon is somebody. Insert here. Oh no. Yes, please. I, I recognize Leon. I did. I did too. And he's and he's young, and I recognize he's him just a, a sprite yeah. as the Leon we know of age. But I don't know who that is. But now we do. He has definitely been in TV. He's a TV guy. For sure. For sure. So uh, let's, let's insert the fact that it's Mario Van Peoples. <laughs> right, right. It's not. <laughs> he's not. It's too young. But of that caliber. I feel like it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be like Gus Free or something like that. So yeah, then we uh, Dan's pissed because the shoe shine boy is there. God, Dan's got and a hard on for this kid. He really does, yeah. But why uh, is he there? And to which the but the shoe shine boy is there because he was invited. A who invited and him? B Mac, I guess. Spicy. Uh, he's a laborer as well. Come on, true, true, true. Uh, but he's also there to see his plan come to fruition. In which he informs Dan, you know, he wants to get his money, and Dan's still like, ah, cram it. You're never going to get stuff. that money. And he goes, good, fine. Uh, the last shoe shine you had, I mixed the shine shine juice <laughs> right. with battery acid. He to put- which Ashley and I both audibly went, oh, here we go, because we were expecting a full-on Looney Tunes smoking shoe. <laughs> right, yeah. To which Dan just peeks under the tablecloth. It's just his feet aren't deformed. They just ruined his nice shoes. Yeah. I thought I was going to see some smoke. Yeah. No, no. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Why? Was there ever a time where you could just get your hands on battery acid? I mean, he's shoeshine boy Leon. I mean, he just cracked him open with his teeth. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Like a pistachio nut. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the battery acid, it's insane. I don't I guess for me, like, the 80s is those big, chunky batteries, like those big, chunky 8-volt batteries. Yeah, sure. That are not useful for anything now because we've, technology has evolved to make batteries really small. Yeah, of course. But those, like, you could just stick in, like, a kitchen knife in one of those batteries and probably drain it of juice. There is juice in them, though? Yeah, there's I've never taken be. apart a battery. I don't, I don't know. Unless it's full of potatoes. Well, I, f- I thought it was just full of wires. <laughs> no, it's got acid in it, because if you leave them long enough, they corrode, and the I've shit comes out. I've seen the corrosion, and... yeah. Uh, but what, is, what, is, what does that do? Is it a conductant? <laughs> <laughs> conductant. <laughs> Please, God, don't ask me any more questions, because I don't have any answers that uh, won't. Yeah, they'll get battery talk. Go on over to jerk practice if you want to hear the, the history of the battery. Acid is charged. It's got a charge. It's got juice. It can keep the. I'm going to speak like an old alchemist. Like it can keep the soul of the sky. This acid can hold it, and then you draw it out, and then you need to feed it lightning, and then so it's it, like the it Ghostbusters two goop. Yes, got it. But That's instead what... of good vibes. It's electricity. Done. Understood. Done. See, that's all it takes. A plus. <laughs> LC. Speaking of grades, <laughs> how would you grade this week's so, episode? How would I gavel bang it? I would gavel bang it. I usually don't also, go. Also, keep in mind, Ashley and I just because after the episode, I saw what was coming up. And part of me was like, we should just not watch this episode and skip to the next one. Okay. Because the screen cap is just Christine dressed as a sexy witch. Ooh. Which, I don't want to give away where we are in time and space, but it's Friday the 13th. Yeah, true, right? So next week we got a Halloween episode. Beautiful. The week after that, there's a screenshot of a transsexual woman. Is it Jeffrey Tambor? And then the- and the week after that is a midget in a three-piece suit. Oh, my God. All right. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. We got hot up. ones. We got hot ones good, coming good, up. Good, good. Yeah, because uh, this one didn't didn't heat my potato. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and after the cold soup we were served from the pre- uh, episode prior, my buffet yeah. is looking dim. And I was like, oh, getting a little <laughs> nervous. But... Yeah, you're yeah. right. We got a lot of good things to go. And here's my, early, we're early on, and I feel like we suffered from this. We are in, these are the interwar periods. This is the interwar yeah. period. This is post one, pre Deuce. This is post Selma, pre Marshall Warburton, pre yeah. Primo Crew. I feel nothing against this crew, yeah. but it is, it was. Rush to put together a little bit. Right. It's still waiting for that cohesion. I'm going to give it a four. Yes. If these are Fast and the Furious movies, we're in the dregs. Yeah. We're in Tokyo Drift. We're in I feel like it. Yeah. We haven't quite got our full cast of characters yet. Yeah. I agree. Uh, what'd you say you gave it? A four? Gave it a four. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it just didn't... Uh... I think I gave last week a five. I think I like this... I don't know if I like this better or... I, I'm just going to go with four. Yeah, we're keeping it mid to... mid, 
right around the mid-range, four, five, six, just right there. I'm going to chastise this episode for following an episode that wasn't as good. I know, I don't. So I guess next week will be a three. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You can only go up from here, we like to think. What did uh, did your, uh, what did our DA give it? Ashley. DA Ash goes five. Oh, all right. So we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page with this. Yeah. We we swapped. I think she was a four last week. Oh, okay. So we're all in the same. We're all in the same. We're in the same boat. Heading down the the River Kwai. Heading down the oh my the yeah, Delta, the My King Delta. My, my King. Looking for battery. <laughs> what is it? I can't think of it. <laughs> my King? I, my Kong? I don't, I don't know what it is. Mekong. It's Mekong. <laughs> yeah, maybe. King King Kong A B. <laughs> my king, my Kong. Down the Mekong River River Kwai. Uh River Kwai's in Korea? Is that no, even a that's thing? A... That's just a movie, isn't it? Bridge over the River Kwai. That's a thing. Uh yes, Steve McQueen, it's, maybe? Uh it was a World War II war movie. So Japan, I think it took maybe. place in China. I believe it took place in China. Okay. They were prisoners of wars building a bridge in China, I believe. Got it. Good movie, though. I'll gavel bang that one. I haven't seen it. Give 10 out of 10. Ooh. All right. I'll check it out. It's good. Sir Alec Guinness is in it, so you get Obi-Wan Kenobi. I guess he wasn't too thrilled that he was only remembered as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think so. (laughs) But now they redeemed him. Now he can see his head on a... On a sack of pinto beans, dried beans. <laughs> Just throw a sack of dried beans at his headstone and fucking. I'm I'm a knight for God's sakes, and right. was like, ah, enjoy your beans, knight. <laughs> exactly. You sold your soul for a can of beans. Like Jim Morrison still has like kisses and like joints on his grave, <laughs> and it's just a stack of dry goods and some Mountain Dew two liters from nineteen ninety six. It's got R two D two on of, it, and most of it's just you and McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi. So it's not even him. No, yeah, we loved you in Train Spotting. <laughs> 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 All right, I got the night is long and full of weirdos. Have a good night. Court, go buy a restaurant. I know. Well, that restaurant's wildly underpriced. They got the deal of a century. could tell me why the sky was blue. <laughs> he knew everything. When I was a boy, I would come to him when my world would fall apart, and he would tell me a story and tickle me, <laughs> and it would all come back together. You know what kind of people those are, Harry? Yeah, I think I do. Oh, they are your heart and your soul. And now, hey, Mac. 
This wasn't your fault. But does it matter? He's gone. 